Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back, connected. Connected across the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblad buries it! And the power play goal ties this, this game. This is episode 46 of the Liberty R. I'm Danny Deemer here with Chris Stompo, finally, again. As always. I know, it's been a while. It has. We should be back, like, regular now, because now we're rolling into World Juniors, and hopefully January 13th is the start of the season. But, uh... I mean, I guess we could just get right into the breaking news, if you want to call it that. Phil Myers' new contract, three-year bridge deal. How do you feel about it? Yeah, the only thing that's remotely happened in this this offseason. I forgot how agonizing and boring the NHL offseason is, even though it's kind of the a shortened offseason with everything going on. But, yeah, um, the Myers deal, I, I like the cap hit at 255 a year. I think both sides kind of gave in. I mean, I think the Flyers would want have would have wanted a little bit a little bit more years, maybe four or five. But I feel like they both kind of gave in at the end because Myers, in a way, I mean, if he comes in and plays with Provorov and plays well with Provorov, I mean, he he has a chance to really make a payday because I thought he was the better of the Sandheim Myers pair towards the end half of that uh, postseason run. Have to agree, and to your point about how the off season's agonizing, it's even worse when you're locked in your house, isn't it? Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> just constant like highlights over and over again of the same games. Just, just, just thinking yeah. about the same thing. I'm ready for something new, like you mentioned. The World Juniors get started soon, so something new. Watching York, watching Brink, watching Andrea. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun. So at the end of this three-year deal, Myers still remains a restricted free agent, so it still gives the Flyers control. But uh, I have to shout out Hextall. Like at the, at, the, at the end of the day, like just to see like him you get this to. deal, this contract, the way he performed in the playoffs. Like we we we've been calling him a diamond in the rough for years, but now it's really like come to fruition. And like I guess I guess you could say the prophecy's been fulfilled. Like he is actually a diamond for sure. Florida. And we talk about it a lot. Almost not not every episode, but every now and then. But Chuck Fletcher really walked into a great situation. I, I mean, like what he's done. I'm mean, Hayes the move, and then the Niskanen move are probably his two best moves. But alongside that, I mean, I wrote an article on the five best moves I think he's made, and a couple of those moves in there were just re-signing guys that were already on the team. So. I mean, he walked into Provorov Hart. I mean, a franchise goalie. I mean, the prospect pool is one of the best in the league if you still count Frost as a prospect, which we'll get into later. But just just getting the guys that are going to be here for a while, and I think that, I mean, we talked about it before. I think Chuck is going to build around Meyer, Sanheim, and, and Aprovi. I think those are the three guys he's looking to build around. So locking him up for three years of control and then be him being a restricted free agent after that, I, it's Chuck's Chuck's wheeling and dealing. And I'm I'm liking what he's doing. It's nothing crazy. Like he didn't give him a massive deal, which I think Chuck of Minnesota probably would have done because I know Chuck likes him. I mean, he talks very highly of him. It's it's exciting. It's exciting seeing Chuck just lock up the guys that we know are good and not bad. <laughs> For sure. What well, one thing that we know about Chuck is in our two years with him so far, I guess one and a half. Um, is that he likes a little bit of cap flexibility going into a season for just sure. for like waiver wires or call-ups or such. And that's exactly what this deal does. I mean, what, what do we have? I think 4.6 in cap space before the deal was signed. Now it's like two-something. And so it just gives you that little bit of flexibility to maybe call guys up from, and there's going to be expanded rosters too. I don't know how, is that salary going to count in the cap? I have no idea. We'll find out once they vote on it. But We'll it's a find good out move. once they announce all of that stuff. And another thing about that deal, I mean, like you said, you, he's a restricted free agent after, so you do gain, you do keep control of him. I mean, plus you had him for three years, and this year he's really looking to come in and, and, and take that spot left by Niskanen retiring. And 
if you're getting a guy who can play alongside Ivan Provorov and, and, and hold his role for two, five a year, for three more years, it's a pretty good deal by Chuck. I mean, I, I really think it's a low risk. Like, I don't think there is any risk in it because I think Myers is a... I think you could slot him in as a top four defenseman in the NHL now. I mean, I think it's pretty pretty easy to say now. I mean, there's no, it's not going to be any counter argument with saying that Myers is a top four defenseman. So I think his ceiling this this year and beyond could be a top two guy. And if you're going to get a top two guy at two five five, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, he could not. He could come in and not be able to take that spot, which is that's a different problem on our hands, and we'll get to it if that comes. But I really like what Chuck's doing. Yeah, I, I agree with you when you say it's low risk because I think at the very least, like he's worth two and a half million now. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah, I would have paid two million just for that overtime goal he paid. I mean, he <laughs> he, he made, but I, I I just don't see how this this contract doesn't work out in the Flyers' favor. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is he regresses, and I mean, I just don't think he's going to do that. I mean, he, he built off solid play all of year, and if he does regress, it's a three year deal, and you're able to get out of it in a couple of years. So. Overall, it's a it's a good deal, and, and by the end of that deal, you'll know what he is. I mean, we'll have a better idea what Myers is as a as a defenseman as a whole. If he's really that top two guy, or if he's really just a solid top four guy, for sure. I think him being paired with Provorov, I, I don't see a scenario where he does regress. I think it's only uphill from here for him. But I I want to get into all right. So it, it kind of has to be said, like another bridge deal down the line. I'd say two, three years when Coots, Hart, Sanheim, my like all these yeah. guys are gonna have to be paid. That is gonna be a rough little stretch right there. For sure, it? and that's the boat that this puts you in going going a bridge deal with Myers because you did it with Sanheim. They kind of got like the same deal and around the same amount of money. I mean, I think Sanheim got what two years. He didn't get three, right? Um, I think he did get three. He did get three. Well, he yeah, so kind of the same I could deal be wrong. then, but. Yeah, it's definitely the problem you run into when I mean, you got to pay all those guys. I mean, you definitely got to pay Hart. <laughs> Def- I definitely got to pay Katoria. Yeah. Have to pay. Yeah, we just want to sell. That contract Couturier. is absolutely terrifying to think about. It is. It is. But his contract right now, another thanks to Hexlaw, is a uh, is is crazy. You get a Selkie winner for for nothing. Definitely. You want to get into Twitter questions now, or you want to save them for later? It's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah, you let's can... get into them now. Yeah, let's why pull not? Them up. Yeah, go ahead. So we put out a tweet that we were going to record an episode, and we got a bunch of questions from you guys. For sure. And uh, I'm going to just start listing them off. So Bleed <laughs> Orange and Black, our guy, always asks great questions. He does. Great supporter. Love that dude. What are the expectations for the shortened season? How long do you think it will take for the team to gel again? We won't have a month to waste or a month to go 500. How are we feeling about the coaching staff? Any changes you wanted to see that you didn't? For example, the power play. Oh, yeah, you can take that to start. Um, my expectations for the season, and I actually saw another person ask this question, so I'm kind of going to kill two birds with one stone here. It, it's Eastern Conference Finals. Like, it, <laughs> you got to get past the second round. I mean, seriously, it's there. I feel like the team is progressing and getting better, and we'll also get into how people think the team regressed with the loss of Niskanen. But uh, a month to waste or a month to go 500, I actually think that this Flyers team is different from – decade this last decades past i think the they know the system they know what to expect coming into training camp there's no uh hackstall mind games latero on the first line like everyone knows what to expect from av they're more comfortable in his system and more importantly they know that they can be 
a one seed. They know that they can be a great hockey team. So I don't think we're going to see that slow start. I mean, I hope not. I hope the veterans actually come out and perform out of the gate because it, the team was being carried by the young guns uh, throughout the first he- first couple months of last season, like Limblom, Konechny, and that Couturier line. That line was actually yeah, absolutely electric. How do you feel about it? I, I mean, I feel like that's a conversation that we have in the beginning of every year, and I'm not going to look away from the fact that the veterans have come in and, and, and started slow every year. I mean, it's, it's something that we, we've talked about for a while. And with this shortened season, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they started slow. I mean, we can't afford to start slow, which is – I mean, it's something to look at because this team is like historically – I feel like it's – Something that Twitter always complains about. It's something that me and you have always complained about. It just they always seem to start slow and finish really hot towards the end, and it's something that they can't afford to do. But I think, I think, the fact that, like you said, they understand what AV expects. Plus, they're another year under a system, they're a little bit more comfortable, and just plus the team's good. Dan, like this isn't a team that we've been dealing like like we've been dealing with. Before, like this isn't the 2017 Flyers where they're just a bad hockey team. This is a good hockey team, so I do expect them to come out and play like a good hockey team because that's what we've been saying since I think we've started this podcast. They are a good hockey team, and if they come out slow, then they're not playing up the standards because this this is a very good team. And uh, the second part of his question: How how are we feeling about the coaching staffs? Any changes you want to see? Like for example, the power play. Um, I don't think. Like, the way the team performed, like, last year was a win across the board. I don't think, like, even though the power play was absolutely, like, hot Power play was disgusting in the the playoffs. Atrocious. It was absolutely, even in the regular season, like, at times it was just absolutely atrocious. It It was was our main complaint of the whole entire season. It really was. And honestly, if it doesn't turn around and if we don't start doing something on the power play, then, yeah, we're going to talk about making some changes with coaches because. Michelle Terrier. It, the power play was really bad in the playoffs, and it, it's just something that you can't afford to have happen in the playoffs. I mean, the power play is a huge part, and we it, it was non-existent. We have too many good players for our power play to be that non-existent. And if stuff doesn't change, then, yeah, coaches definitely have to get changed. But I'm going to give Tarion one more year. I mean, I know it's not my decision, obviously, but just – I'm going to give it one more year before I start, like, really bitching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I something's got to change. They fixed something toward, like in February of last year, right before the stoppage, like, during those those Capitals game where you had G going behind the net. I mean, things were getting mixed up a little bit. And then I feel like they just went back to their old ways in the playoffs. It, it just seemed like they nobody wanted to shoot. There was no passing. Just looking for the obvious, just, they're looking for the right play every time. They just won't just let it rip. You know what I mean? Just way too, way too predictable. Way too predictable. Way like, too predictable. I, I knew. I knew whoever got the puck. I knew exactly where they were going to go with it. And I'm not a professional hockey player. No. Like I like it, it was atrocious. It, and and if the power play performs in that series, we're probably versus Tampa. Probably. I mean, we still would have lost against Tampa probably because they were just a different team. But you watch these other. You watch these other power plays. And not just Tampa. I mean, Tampa's a different breed. But like, even the Islanders' power play, they're just zipping it back and forth. And I, we've seen the Flyers do that. And they just they get into these like little ways about them where they, they don't look like they know how to execute a power play. It looks like they've never been on the power play before. And it's, it's got to change. Because if that happens, then you're really going to expect a, a slow start. Because that's where most of the points, especially for guys like JVR, come into hand. He's got to be a key part next year. In a fast start, he's got to be a yeah. veteran that comes because he he's going to play. 
unless somebody, which is not going to happen, comes in and trades for James Van Riem. Like, no one's going to do that. So, unless that happens, James Van Riem will be a part of this team next year. And if he is, he needs to be a huge part in the start of the season. He needs to be one of those veteran guys who comes in here and starts hot. Agreed. I'm not worried about uh, Konechny, Fairview, Pro Rob. I'm not worried about those guys. I'm I'm looking at JVR, Jake, and G because it seems like it's it's every year with those guys. Really, those guys yeah. need time to get their their feet like footing under them. And like like Bleed Orange and Black said, there's no time this year. No, no, absolutely. And another thing with the time thing, I know it's been like a wacky schedule and. I do think AV is going to come and get them ready. I, I I think I know. I think he knows what it takes to get them ready, and I I, I do trust AV to have them ready to go. Come uh, hopefully January thirteenth. I don't know. Well, no, in the Flyers schedule, they'll hockey will come back January thirteenth, yeah. and the Flyers won't play till the twenty second. No, it's funny. Like even though all the games are going to be on the East Coast, I'll, I'll still bet you we're going to start January nineteenth in LA somehow, somehow. <laughs> We're just gonna, yeah, dude. Somehow we're gonna just be in LA. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's an every year thing. We're gonna be in Vancouver at ten o'clock playing a ten ten game. Like last year, we like we we joked about it last year, and then we started in a different country <laughs> at, at two p.m. <laughs> three days later. Still like, had a great time. Oh, it was Still awesome. had a great awesome time. time. But no, all that's right. another thing that we're definitely gonna get into. I don't know if we're gonna get into it now or later in the podcast, but this division realignment—it's gonna be something. And I think slow starts. Might not happen because all these games are going to kind of be like playoff games. I mean, you're, you're going to get your your game where they don't look on the top of the game here and there. I mean, it happens every season, but these games are going to be crazy. At, yeah, we'll definitely get into that later. At Internet Hockey with the next question. I mean, we already got into it. He's had thoughts on the Myers deal, although I know the answer. I mean, we just got into it. But just to reiterate, it's a solid deal. Like Stumpo said, I think both sides just gave in. Uh, and reach an agreement. And Myers, you can even see in his press release, like he he wants to win with these guys. Absolutely. He, and I, I believe he meant that. Like that wasn't just some agency PR mumbo jumbo. Like he wants, he just wanted to play hockey, get his contract on, and get back with his team and run it back. Yeah, so it's cool. I, I really like to do. It's cool to see like the defenseman on the same page because Proff says the same stuff. Myers has the same mentality. And I did see an article written, I forget who wrote it, but they were talking about how Myers and Niskanen's relationship and how if something would happen in, to Myers in the season, Niskanen would be the first one over and tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, stuff happens, it's all about how you respond. And it's it's the fact that we had Niskanen in here for a year and he was able to, to, to show the young guys, especially guys like Provorov and Sanheim and Myers, the ways. I mean, it's not just about like the on-ice stuff, it's just about how you go through your everyday thing like every day how you do things and guys like Provorov and guys like Myers and guys like Sanheim pick up on that and I think all I think the mentality of this team is just get back run it back we have the talent we have the team to do it and it's exciting it all stems from the coach because I think AV instills that kind of confidence in them and it took a little bit of time for them to to really start feeling themselves and that's what that's what we saw in March before the stoppage Totally agree. Even though Niskanen's gone, like his impact stays. Like one hundred percent. Provrov. I, I say it all the time. Provrov is going to be Niskanen now. Like what Niskanen taught Provrov doesn't just go away. The way he uh, approaches the game, like you said, pro- like the way he practices, just leading by example and still in that new culture. I think Provrov is going to be that for my. I talk. I mean, I talk about it with you all the time. I think Provrov is going to be 
the way Niskanen was for Provorov to Myers. Like, I think he's just going to, like, take him under his wing. Like, listen, don't get too down on yourself. Like, I play 30 minutes a night. You can't be perfect all 30. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the best-case scenario, right, is that he comes in here, he looks serviceable next to Provorov, and they take off. And Provorov just takes off from where he started, I mean, where he finished last year. He just keeps going. I mean, that's the hope, for sure. At Big Yoin, um, basically the same question as Bleed Argent Black. What are the expectations for this year ECF Cup? He said, keep it realistic given the Flyers notoriously having slow starts. I think ECF is realistic. I, I mean, my expectation is this team to make the playoffs and, and, and make some noise, whether that's – I mean, like, I'm not going to complain if, if they – I mean, if they lose a, a, a tough – Seven game series to not go to the ECF. I mean, obviously let's see how it, it happens. I mean, obviously it sucks to lose, but my expectation is this team to be competitive in the playoffs, and that happens, then then it's good. I mean, this team's yeah. got to just keep building off what they're doing. I mean, last year was a great start, and you got to come back. This team's young. My expectation for the regular season is to make the playoffs comfortably, and I mean they did that last year towards the end, but they did start a little slow. Like they started off teetering a little bit. They can't and- afford it this year. You can't. No, they definitely can't. Especially, like you said, it's going to be playoff games. Like, the schedule is going to be like a baseball schedule where, like, you, Absolutely. like, a team comes to town and you play three games against them. So, there's going to be a lot of familiarity, a lot of parity, a lot of, honestly, I expect the standings towards the end to just be a tight race. Like, the, you got to get every point you can get. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the official realignment of the divisions are. It's going to be fun. Our boy Adam says, is Cam York now the number one prospect in the Flyers system? Uh, no. I don't think he's number one. I think I think Zamula is ahead of him, not because I think Zamula is a better player. I mean, I think York's going to be a better player in the in the long term. But Zamula already dominated the World Juniors. He already won in the World Juniors. And he's already come up and played a game in the, in the round robin. So right now, I think... You just have to put Zamula ahead of ahead of York. Just I mean, he's in the already played an NHL game. So and does Frost can, count? If Frost counts, it's Frost. If he doesn't, if it, I don't know. I mean, technically he's a rookie next year. So if Frost counts, it's Frost. Then Zamula, uh, then York. But I think York and Zamula are really tight. I'm just putting Zamula ahead because he's 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 done that already. I mean, York's about to play in the World Juniors in a couple of weeks. But Zabul has already been there, and he's done that. He's looked good. He's he's lit that tournament up, just like Frost did in 2019. So yeah, I I got Zabul ahead of ahead of Europe just by a hair, though. We'll get into the World Juniors in a bit, but yeah, I see your point, and I I'd say as of today, yeah, you got to throw Zabul in number one. But I'm gonna go out on a limb. Maybe this is a little bit of a hot take, but I'm gonna say by the time the season starts, it will be Europe. I think York is going to have that good of a World Juniors to the point where it, because the World Juniors like is that. really when the world, when the national media gets put on, puts on notice, and it's really when you can show your best stuff. Absolutely, and especially now. I mean, what else there is to watch on TV except I mean you got the fo- you got football on right now, basketball is about to come back around, but, but that's the only source of hockey that anyone's had in how many months. So everyone, all eyes are going to be on that that tournament, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it, dude. It's definitely gonna be better than watching the Halifax Mooseheads games on a iPod Touch <laughs> yeah, type broadcast. I mean, we, I mean, we paid for that, and it still looks like they just a guy in the stands <laughs> with an iPad Touch, like you said. A Snapchat it's story, terrible, dude. Like, dude. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching an IG live. It's it's awful. <laughs> it's it's a guy like zooming in, zooming out. Like, just keep it on one. 
Oh, that's terrible. It's awful. Yeah, I hate. It's awful. Like, what are you paying for? Can, can, can I record it? And then just, like, it's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> Big Ten Network has, has some really high-quality broadcasts, though. Well, when they're home, say. it's good. We're always like, yes, they're home. Thank, thank the yeah. Lord. At, oh, Earth Spirit says, how many games do you think Elliot ends up playing? There could be a lot of back-to-back situations. This, this is very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Because there is no... Um, like if there is a back-to-back i feel like it'll be in the same building like i don't like it's not like uh we play one game in philly and then we're going to play the wild at 6 p.m the next night like those type of games obviously heart elliot elliot heart like you split those if 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 heart has a good game against the capitals and he feel like like he has them figured out and then the next night they're still in the wells fargo center playing the capitals he still might just go with Hart. It's not like like Hart could just go to his apartment and sleep, <laughs> eat his meal. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, he, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's kind of like I, with the bubble. Yeah, no, I think the more and more I think about this question, the more and more I'm like, you honestly, you might see less of Elliot than you did last year because I mean, if Hart doesn't get off to that bad start last year, I mean, you probably see less of Elliot as is, right? Oh, he, for sure. And if, if he, he doesn't get Sheldon Edmonton, <laughs> yeah, that's in, what I'm saying. He doesn't. He doesn't come in, and then like the 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 trust with Hart isn't there with the the away games in the beginning of the season. But uh, Hart comes in this year, and he he has he doesn't have that those road struggles, which I which I really don't think he will. I mean, he really cleaned that up towards the second half of the season. I mean, he was the only reason we looked good in the playoffs as a whole. So if he comes in here next year and he starts strong, yeah, I mean, I I think Elliot's still going to get his. His games. I mean, you, obviously, you got to give Hart a break here and there. But if he comes out and looks good, which I think we all think he's going to do, because he's a really, really good goalie, I think you might see less of Elliot this year than you said last year. I mean, obviously, it's less games, but I think I think we have a real like goalie. I mean, obviously, we have a we have a franchise goalie on our hands. I think he's really going to explode next year. So. Yeah, maybe I think like it all it all depends on Hart. It really does, and I I think you might see either the same amount. A little bit less, obviously, because of the games, but I think you're going to see a lot of heart next year, and I think he's going to look good next year. And AV is known for for riding the hot hand in goalies in years past. I mean, last year he showed that he he can run a tandem, but but when when the going gets rough, AV always goes with his guy. So I I have to think it all just depends on whether Hart either progresses or regresses. And I think he'll progress, so I think Elliott's going to play less games than he normally did, just like you said. Absolutely. I mean, he played 43 games in the regular season last year, 24-13. He had a 2-4-2 goals against average and a 9-14 save percentage. So I think he's going to build off that. I really do. And if you look at those home numbers, wow. Yeah. I mean, the splits are insane. At Chatterley Heed says, is Sidney Crosby still a bitch? <laughs> I don't think he'll ever not be. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For sure, and I and I hope I hope we can play him uh, this year, given the new divisional realignment. I, I hope Farabee can dagger him. I feel like times. I, I feel like every day it changes the realignment. Like I like I don't want to like even bring up the realignment on this podcast because it, it, it could be different tomorrow. Like they they keep changing it. Wait till the official official announcement. But I really do hope Pittsburgh is in this the same division because if, if we get Pittsburgh in like a three game series, I mean, how fun's that gonna be, dude? Oh, it's gonna be electric! Like electric. I, I, it's gonna be so we much. We gotta fun. Re, It's gonna reignite the rivalry because the rivalry's been dead for some time now. Like, and I'll, I mean, maybe not dead, but like it. No, it it's hasn't been, been dead. What it I was. mean, they've they beat our asses. Through, yeah, they've just been dominant. Other than the stadium series game, they've had our number. It hasn't really been a 
uh, rivalry. <laughs> it's like it's like Embiid when he was like against the Boston. It's not really a rivalry when you get your ass beat all the time <laughs> every yeah. game. Really was that for a while, but that Stadium Series game changed things, Danny. All right, so we can't tell if this guy's being serious. <laughs> yeah, 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 we talked but, about it. <laughs> is Raffle more of a first line center, or should he be second line to keep him fresher for the power play? I have to have to think he's joking. But. I sat down after I texted you, like, "Hey, is this like? Did he mean to type somebody else?" But like, who was he thinking about? Yeah, because it's not Coots, because Coots is on the power play one every day, all day, and Hayes. But like Hayes isn't a one C, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. Raffles yeah, a nice little. We definitely uh, just got trolled. Definitely for Raffles, definitely a nice little fourth liner, extra forward. But he's on my team every day. I love Raff. Or should he be on the second line? <laughs> Yo, Keep, come on, that's a dude, troll. Dude. It's gotta be. <laughs> Look at us trying to take it seriously too. I know, right? What is your advice? This is this is Ash Sean <laughs> Fitz. What is your advice going into the 2021 season for fans on how, as to how to cope for the loss of? Nathaniel Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> we really about to get into Nate Thompson again. I mean, he's not even a flyer anymore. Do they really want us to uh, to dive into that conversation? I, I mean, we talk, can. About, talk about Niskanen. Like, the loss of Nate Thompson. Bad, bro. Really hurts the development of NAK. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you have to think NAK is going to regress. Have nah, to I'm think. Nah, but uh, Enjoy your time in Winnipeg. Yeah, dude. have fun. Hope you do good. Yeah, me too. I hope he has a great rest of his career, for sure. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not going to miss Nate Thompson. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great dude. I'm sure he's a great guy. All right, Jamie Martinez. Jamie. Our boy. Do the Flyers break their awful tradition of missing the playoffs every other season this year? I was thinking about this the other day. It scares me, Danny. It scares me. I know it's a different team. And coaching staff, but curses are hard to break. That's one of the things I'm worried about this upcoming season, especially since it'll be a shortened one. And go ahead, go ahead, you go. No, I mean, I I think that's like a rational fear to have. I mean, it's it, it's been a, like a, a curse kind of thing for us for for a long time. I mean, but like you said, I think it's a it's a different team, different coach. I mean, we don't have Haxtell sitting guys for for Latera, so I think it's it's just a solid team, which I think they're they're gonna be all right. I'm gonna go out and I'm just gonna say it's it's not a curse. <laughs> it's that's I don't I don't buy into that. I don't. Oh, I know to you that. don't. That's why I said it. Because if you go to look at the Flyers pre 2014 <laughs> 2013, the expectation actually like it was always making the playoffs. The Flyers yeah. always made the playoffs. Like, it, I think we have the most playoff appearances out of mo- like uh, most clubs post 1967 expansion. It's that was always the expectation. Ed Snyder always had us in the playoffs. I mean, it, it's just that's a recent thing, and that yeah. we had a bad culture for a couple of years. But I think it's it's back to uh, how it was before. Fifty-two seasons in the league, we made the playoffs forty times, two championships. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think it's a curse. I mean, I just think it's it's a. It, it was a garbage it's just, decade. It's just yeah, exactly. That's what I was just gonna say. It, it's it's still the fans having PTSD of this of, of of those past teams, those inconsistent past teams, those those teams that Giroux drug through the mud for all those years. It's still it, it's still people worried about that creeping back up on them. Like it's like the hackstall curse. I I feel like it is sometimes because like, I agree with Jamie. It, it's something that I think about here and there, but like, I'm not really too worried about it because I. Like I said before, I think this team's really good. I think they're one of the best teams in the East. So, I think they're going to be okay. Hacked off PTSD. It's true. It's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's true. We dealt with it all last year. 
Like I mean, how many people, times did we come into those seasons with Haxtell, like excited for these young kids, like, and then we they get sat for for nothing. It's just terrible coaching. It just you get so used to it to the point where like if you, when you have something else, you're just waiting for that to happen again, and it, it's something that keeps creeping up on this on this fan base here and there. Like it's just little things here and there that you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Remember when watching hockey sucked. So, now our last question from Chris Mayer, who got his career ended by Cal Heater. We'll get yeah, into that That was a crazy. Bit. That was awesome. It was probably the highlight of my month, honestly, <laughs> in terms of Flyers content. Uh, is Carter Hart a top five goalie in the league? And someone responded to him and said, well, he was top ten last year, so this year he steps up to top five, no doubt. Hartsey is a difference maker, and I actually think that reply is on point. I don't think he's top five yet. I do think he's top ten. I think he'll... Uh, progress in and develop into the top five spot this year but i just think you got like right now you got to throw like vasileski hellebuck yeah, maybe tuka rask like you got to throw those guys above him for now for now yeah i i i'd say vasileski rask hellebuck's got to be up there he, he's a beast bishop from dallas is pretty good oh he's he's phenomenal yeah, he's bishop's awesome. phenomenal carrie price is always going to be up there but i i mean i wouldn't say carrie price is better than Carter hart right now he's just there because he's carrie price and just he he has the the accolades, I guess. I'm gonna say. say, watch out for Carey Price this year. Now he actually has an actual yeah. backup that can allow him to rest. And with the shortened season, you, you. I mean, we saw how how hard of a time they gave us in the bubble. Yeah, for I sure. think it's gonna be the same same thing this year. I mean, look out for Montreal. That Canadian division is gonna be electric. No, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun hockey in like every every division. Like you said, it's playoffs before playoffs. Yeah, they're all teams that don't like each other. So uh, let's see, let's get right into the January thirteenth rumored start date. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, said to be a non-bubble, but I've also heard some some things that kind of scare me. Like what? From Chris Johnston, he he has said that. First off, he said the January thirteenth, he could easily see that date slipping all the way back to February. And he also said if the logistics aren't worked like fully worked out, he could easily see them starting in a bubble until April or March. Like that is still on the table. I, I mean, it probably won't happen. I mean, like I, within a couple of days, we're probably gonna get a vote or an announcement, and then we'll actually have answers on this. Yeah. Um, tr- training camps, who knows? I mean, it says right here, uh, December. It could be twenty eighth. Yeah, so te- January first. Yeah, so teams that weren't in the playoffs would would, would go twenty December twenty eighth, and then teams that were in the playoffs would would, would show up at training camp January first. That's not set in stone. It's just, it's what the rumor is right now, but it's something. It's it, it's something that gives us hope that hockey's coming soon. For sure, and, and the new divisional realignment. Like we said, we didn't want to get too deep into it because it seems like it changes all the time. But I think the things that we know for sure is one, Carolina is not going to be in it. I think we know for sure that Boston and Buffalo are probably going to be in our divisions just because of locale. And honestly, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. I mean, I think I think whether or not it matters, like I think we'll make the playoffs regardless. But to play those teams, like Buffalo is always bad, always mediocre, but they're top six this year. Kind of scary. I mean, like in Buffalo, it seems like we always have a hard time playing in their building. Like, I mean, we I know we routed them when they Bad. came to Philly last year, but I feel like every time we go to Buffalo, it's rough. I feel like oh, I feel like we get sniped on by Eichel every time. 
So I, I feel like I feel like Buffalo always comes out and and has a really hot start, and then they just they 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 go back to being Buffalo. But <laughs> their top six is really good. But then if you look at their bottom six, it's, it's not very good. So I mean, you got Darlene in his what third year. So yeah, they're definitely a dangerous team for sure. But I'm not gonna believe it till I see it with that team because they 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 give they give hope to being a good team, and then they just they just take it away from you. Basically, what I, what I've said is I definitely I know we will be better than them. I just think like they're not the type of team that we're gonna go in their building and stop them. I mean, I don't think any I don't think any game this year is gonna be like that. <laughs> Every game this year is gonna be a tough game, and I don't think there's any team in the NHL besides a couple like Ottawa, Detroit, like those teams that are like a given game. Like any team that in this league can beat you at any time. I mean, we see Arizona go on these streaks, and we saw Buffalo. Going those early year streaks, they just need to be more consistent. I mean, they are a very young team, so their, their culture is trash. The culture is trash, but if this is the year that they put it together, then I mean, like Olufsen had how many goals to start the year? Uh, how many power play goals to start the year this year? I think like ten in like the first couple of weeks or something crazy like that. He was going off, and then they just simmered away. But yeah, they, they always go on like ten game win streaks yeah, and stuff dude, the year and they, still miss the playoffs. Yeah, they got guys going on like crazy goal streaks, and then like I'll, I'll check back in with them a month later, and they'll be at the bottom of the the standings talking about the the top ten draft picks in the next year. <laughs> and that city deserves a good team. Buffalo fans are fun. Oh, the fan base is awesome. Yeah, Buff- Buffalo in every sport is yeah. always a, oh die- a die-hard fan base that deserves better. It looks like the Bills are solid, but yeah, they about are time. Let's we'll talk about the World the, Juniors. The, uh, yeah, one sec. I just want to say those Flyers, Islanders, Flyers, Rangers, yeah. Fly- even Flyers, Devils, yeah, Capitals. Like it's it, dude. Like it's every game's playoffs. I'm not looking forward to versing uh, what's his name Lafreniere at all. At I'm all. looking forward to it. I mean, I'm like, obviously it's going to be fun to, like, play him, but, like, he's <laughs> – I have a feeling he's going to be a flyer killer, dude. I feel like we're going to hate him. Oh, of course he's going to be a flyer killer. Of course. If I he's bet. going to be a star player, he will be a flyers killer. I mean, he's, he has to be. Yeah, he's a ranger. And he's going to pl- probably play with Zabenejad and Panar. Oh, I don't know where man. they're going to slot him. Like, I, he's going to make it's gonna be terrifying. ignite my hate for, for, for the Rangers again. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm kind of here for it. Like Flyers Rangers is classic. I, the Flyers Penguins rivalry is great and all, but Flyers Rangers, that hatred goes back far. Like that, far. that rivalry is insane. Some you get some playoff to, games too with them. Those Lindros here, like when Lindros would play them, like, that, that that was some fun fun series. Like I go back and watch this <laughs> every now and again. And I'm just ready for good hockey again, man. I'm I'm excited for these division alignments. Like we said before, like, all these games are gonna be fun. Just get the date out. I know. Like the one thing, like hockey Safety. fans, like we've we've gone through lockouts. Like we we're tired of hearing like close to an agreement. Like that whatever. Like just talk to me when it's done, dude. Like that's exactly <laughs> like you know what I'm saying though. Like I hate I hearing that. Like the like you guys just signed a new CBA in March or whatever. Get it done. So what is it? Is it the owners asking for more money because like they don't like how much like the, the cut before the the bubble starts, so they wanted more money or something like that? So what it is is the revenue split. Uh, the the CBA they signed in March. The revenue is, is split fifty fifty between yeah. the players association and the owners. Um, but the problem is they they thought the bubble the expenses of the bubble season like finishing out the the nineteen twenty season. They expected it to be around in the thirty to thirty-five million range. Turns out the final expense cost of the bubble turned out to be like seventy-five million, and so they got to like the owners got to they want that money back, kinda. 
and it's well, kind of on the players. <laughs> I don't, I'm kind of, I'm usually like, obviously fans are always like pro player because hockey players just want to play. I think in this situation, I think that the players just got to conform. Like the players just got to do it because they weren't expecting to lose that much money. That much money. Yeah. I mean, I, it is a big difference, but just, I just, I just want hockey, dude. I, I agree. I, I don't like up. that bickering. I, like no more of a. And then, so and then, then you hear this thing about this. What is it called? The force majeure, where like they can cancel the season and not play entirely if they want to. Don't even bring. That I saw shit up. how. I saw a thing on Twitter saying that, like that's not possible. It, there's something that wouldn't allow them to do that. Something in the CBA or something. I hope. I hope good. so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I think I'd actually cry. I'd be very upset. No, that yeah, that'd be bad. That'd be bad for the sport. Like you talk about, like we talk about all the time, like growing the game in the states and stuff. Like, of course, it's huge in Canada, but like, like the markets, like like Arizona, Florida. Like, if you don't play, like, it's the same thing as when when the MLB was bickering. Like, we were like, dude, your your sport, like, you need to grow your sport. Yeah. Like the ki- kids nowadays, they love the NFL, they love the NBA. You gotta grow your sport. You gotta play games, or like, or else you will you will fade. Yeah. It, it's they they know that. They have to play games, and they will. It, yeah, they will. It, Hockey it, always good. It's the same shit you hear every every time they're like they're in this negotiation kind of thing. It's just close deal. Oh, they're not in agreement. They're nowhere close. And then close deal, close deal. Then and then eventually they're in in agreement with the deal. So, see, I mean, same thing happened with the MLB. There was a point in time before the MLB came back that people didn't think the MLB was going to come back at all. People were like ready for that season to get canceled. It's just it's just what you hear in the middle of these negotiations. One side's acting like the world, uh, the, the sky's falling. I remember at one point the MLB was like, the commissioner was like, yeah, there might not be a season. Remember he said that? Oh, uh, yeah, and he got killed for it. Yeah, it's just a back and forth thing, I feel like. It's just every negotiation is like this. And, and that was after he said there was a 100% chance that they play. Yeah, that was the just, worst part about it. I feel like it. it's just negotiation tactics. Like they, it they is, just that's do all it. it. Is. It's so and that's why I say talk to me when it's done. Exactly. Like I'm tired of the oh, like update. They're close. Like cool, dude. Just let me know. <laughs> update. Just let close. me know the details of the fucking contract. I mean, of the agreement. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't care if they're close on the deal. Agreed. <laughs> totally agree. Let's talk World Juniors, dude. For Cause sure. Cause that, that, that's uh, what. What is that? Two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah, that's two. That's like two it's weeks. Close. Less. That's less. It's less than it's, two it's weeks. Twelve days. Let's go. Let's go until we get high quality. Man, they've been in just, that bubble for a while. <laughs> they, didn't they go like last week? Yeah, they have to because like the way uh, like you know how strict Canada has been with this yeah, whole thing. Like yeah, they have yeah. to arrive and then quarantine, and so yeah, they're 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 just waiting. I guess S- same place the the NHL had had their bubble right, same arena. Uh, I'm not Edmonton? sure. I know, yeah, I know it's Edmonton. I'm not sure if it's Rogers. Uh, would be pretty Rogers. cool if it was there. I wonder how long the tournament goes for because if the if NHL starts January 13th, do they just tell the Oilers to wait? <laughs> like, you <laughs> know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not in Rogers. Maybe you're right because it. I I don't know. It's a it's, a, it's an interesting decision. Maybe the NHL isn't going to be starting anytime soon. I don't know. I hope not. But um. First thing I want to get into with the World Juniors is actually Tyson Forrester. Yeah. Because I, like, I, like, I mean, we made jokes. Obviously, we we're like, boss, boss. Here comes the people <laughs> yeah, saying yeah, he's a boss. Yeah. But, like, I said it when he got invited. Like, the fact that he even got invited and got a look this yeah, young say that. On, on a team that stacked is fantastic. 
Just the fact that he got the invite speaks volumes to Flyers. It should speak oh, volumes sure. to Flyers fans. He team was Canada never going to make the team. Team Canada is stacked. I mean, Shane Wright got sent home. He's what, what top three next year in the draft. Like they're stacked. They're stacked. That team's going to be. That's probably the best team on paper. We'll we'll see what they do in the tournament. But on Cam, paper, Cam York going to clamp them. Yes, <laughs> on paper they are the best team in the tournament. But I mean, like you said, they're stacked. And the fact that I mean. What Forster's eighteen? The fact that he even got that, got that look is awesome. I mean, I know Millman got sent home for COVID reasons too. Was excited to see him get a little bit of a chance. Well, I mean, I know he probably wasn't going to make the team, but that it, was cool too, though. To awesome, see. awesome. Because that's a guy we've been talking about for a couple of years now. I mean, I love his skating ability. His acceleration is very quick. He's a very quick defenseman. I'm excited. Uh, we're obviously going to say Team USA for last, but Team oh, yeah. Sw- Team Sweden, Emil Andre. Uh, Sweden has, there was like a lot of ton of reports, like Sweden, like the whole entire country is dealing with like a huge COVID, uh, second wave, much like the United States. Now, are they there and, too? In the yeah. bubble? Okay. They have to be, have okay. to be. Yeah. One, one would think. Yeah. Because like have to be, Canada has like rules. They have like a due date for like the players to, to get there and be tested. It's smart it's, though. Like, like they're, it they're, is. they're, they're taking that precaution and I appreciate it because if they don't take that precaution, there's a chance that the games get messed up and we don't see hockey. So the fact that they're taking all of this time to, to, to make sure all these players are okay, it, it's a good sign. It's what you need. He's, he's going to be fun to watch. And to me, he's one of the more interesting ones outside of Cam York and Bobby Brink, obviously, because I, he's has I spent agree. his time playing professional hockey. He is like he's been playing in a professional league against grown men. So what like it's it's gonna be cool to see like if he dominates against kids. Absolutely. And it's another thing. I mean, I I know a second round pick is nowhere near house money, but like if we are able to add another like like we're we're gonna see how good this kid is in this tournament playing against, like you said, kids, but really talented kids at that. If we're able to add another Elite, pro- I mean, I'm not saying he's elite, but another solid defensive prospect into this pool system. It's gonna be really exciting because you already got like like we talked about Zamula, you got York, you got Emil Andre. I mean, it's it's just we got defense for days, and I'm I'm really excited to see if he's able to take that step and look good in the World Juniors this year. Because like you said, I mean, you're playing against grown men in his league. Is the transition to a World Juniors gonna be a little bit easier for him than other kids? I I, I don't know. We'll see. And he's going to be going from international ice to North American ice is another thing I'm, I'm interested to see. True, and sometimes sometimes that's an adjustment for some players, so we'll see that how he reacts. It was how, for Lindblom. Yeah, it was for Lindblom. Maybe it's a little bit different with defensemen and off, offensive players. I mean, I, we'll just see. I mean, I, I, I've never played on that kind of rink, so I, I wouldn't know personally, but we'll see how he reacts to it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think he'll play well. He's a good defenseman. How fun is it going to be to watch Team USA versus Team Sweden? Like we're just gonna be able to watch. We're just <laughs> gonna, gonna be looking be at the blue lines the entire time. <laughs> the entire time, except dude. for when Brink's out there. Except for Brink, yeah, for sure. I'm excited. That's another guy I'm excited to see because he had a, unlike York who pl- who played behind older talent and didn't really play that much at that. Brink played last year. I mean, he didn't play as much as probably we would have liked him to, but he did play last year and he looked good doing it. I mean, he had he had a couple couple points in that tournament. And I remember he had a really nice goal in that tournament. Obviously, yeah, like York and Brink are the the headliners in terms of Flyers oh, for prospects sure. yeah, going in this tournament. Yeah. If you're a Flyers fan, 
it's all eyes on Team USA. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, you're he, gonna he, catch every Team USA. I mean, I'm gonna watch every game probably, but Team USA, I'm gonna be eyes glued to the television because because we talk about like Cam York we actually we've been saying it for multiple podcasts now. Cam York's role in these world juniors is, is gonna be huge. He has a chance now. Just like much like how we saw Farabee kind of take off at these tournaments, he has a chance now to to, to really take off. And we've talked about him being a long shot to maybe make the team we have, towards the thing. end of the season. If he, if there ever was to have a chance at that, he would have to to light this tournament up. Probably same thing. The same thing Zamora did. I mean, look what Zamora did last year. I mean, he had a really good World Junior tournament, and then eventually, towards the end of the year, he played for the. Fa- I mean, he signed with the Phantoms, and he played some games with us. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, I really do. I'm not going to sit here and, and say Cam York playing hockey for the Flyers at the end of the season is totally out of the question but i mean it's definitely far-fetched but like you said I mean, he has to come in and have a great world Ju- world junior tournament for sure and i th- he's gonna be a huge part so i think he might i'm just really excited because this is to play like, hockey dude like we've obviously watched uh a lot like a lot of michigan hockey we've obviously lo- watched a lot of halifax mooseheads but this is the first live high level like extremely high like like top big stage hockey yep. that we've been able to see since the bubble and I'm really excited. I can't wait to get into it. Honestly, just get me to Christmas now because as soon as Christmas happens, the day after, it's going to be Team USA versus Canada. Yeah, it's going like, to be so I'm much all fun. For it, dude. So I'm much all fun. For it. We'll be covering it too on Twitter. We'll be on Twitter definitely, definitely oh, talking God, yeah. about it for sure. Absolutely. A uh, couple quick notes. So we we uh, obviously had a couple shows talking about Desnoyers. QMJHL is suspended until I think mid January. So that sucks to see his hot start be halted. Yeah, but, uh, I mean he was on fire. I mean we we were watching. I mean, like we said with the with the camera, and we 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 were sitting through that to watch him. So that, that tells you something. Sam Carcidi, uh has reported that Chuck Fletcher said Nolan Patrick is progressing well, and not like the normal. Uh, like we think he's doing good. Like yeah. they've actually like gave us like legitimate updates. Like his headaches are better. He's actually getting a much better sleep. Like stuff like that. All amazing things to hear. And awesome. it, it seems like like the tone of their voice. Like I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but it seems like he's progressing to to for a return, for a return to play. <laughs> I mean, he just signed that qualifying offer. I, I mean, we'll obviously see. I'm I'm not like projecting anything, but it, it's really seeming that way right now. Hundred exciting. I mean, if if you're able to add Nolan Patrick next year, I mean, I mean, I've talked about it on Twitter. Don't know how ready he's going to be to be able to like step in and play a three C role right away. I mean, he hasn't played hockey in over a year, only pro, like pro hockey at that level. So it's going to be exciting to see where he's at if he's able to come in and play, especially in training camp. But I mean, he jumped oh, wow. right. I didn't in. even think about that. What? No AHL for conditioning. Stint. Like nothing. Very he, limited he's training had camp nothing. preseason. So, I mean, we we talk about how Morgan Frost hasn't played games. Like, Nolan Pasher has not played games in a really long time. I mean, I know he's played with Ryan White in Manitoba, but that's nothing to what he's going to be playing in the NHL, obviously. So, I'm not saying I'm not. It's not me wavering in my not support my confidence in Nolan Patrick. It's not not that at all. But just how how able is he to jump in and, and, and play at an NHL level that quick after not playing for so long? Definitely going to be interesting to see. It's Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think, I really didn't even think about it like that because the AHL is talking about not even having a season. Yeah. Because the so, AHL is predominantly 
gate driven, like ticket sales driven. They don't have a TV yeah. deal to make revenue off of. So it, it it's yeah, that's very interesting. Not sure. to change the subject, but Day Renee had twelve goals, thirteen assists for twenty five points in sixteen games before that stoppage. Like he was on fire. He was having a great season. I, I miss watching him play. For sure. I mean, we, we talked about it, like the draft was early October. If if the if the draft would have been early November, late round, he'd probably late be first a second round rounder. Late first round, early second early round. Early second for round. For sure. Pick. Has to be. Yeah, for sure. One uh, thing that I kind of wanted to talk about um, that I didn't really think of until I was listening to Farabee talk about during, and I have an article on Farabee coming out soon where I actually mention how this can help Farabee, but this also can help guys like Frost, NAK. Uh, even the even the young defenseman Carter Hart, even uh, they, they talked he talked about being on the East Coast, like playing East Coast road games, wasn't that rigorous for him. Like he he could get in his schedule, but it was the plane, the jet lag, the travel to the West Coast, those ten thirty games that really that really hurt him, his conditioning, and like made him hit like kind of the quote unquote rookie wall. And so I actually think the limited travel. Uh, maybe playing three straight games at home and then playing three straight games on the road. Like that, that level of like just being kind of condensed in and the not playing a full 82, playing 56, whatever it is. I think that can help the conditioning of young players because young players being thrusted into 82 plus is sometimes it tires them out like as expected. And I, I think that's why I also think that if, well, when Frost plays, I yeah, when Frost plays games <laughs> this year, that he will actually be able to perform extremely well because he doesn't have to go to, LA or San Jose to play a 10:30 game after playing a game in Boston. Like it's, it's, you don't have to do that. It's it's gonna be, you can stick to your schedule kind of. And I, I'm a kind of like I'm kind of enjoying the fact that we're not the only ones on the timeline now. Like calling for a frost breakout season next year. Like over the last couple weeks, there like I've seen the tweets here and there. Like there's people tweeting out like the, there's some people out there that really expect him to come in and 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 make some noise in in, in training camp. Yeah, I mean, like we like we said, is he the number one prospect? Is he even a prospect? Well, if if he's if he's a quote unquote prospect, he's number one. Yeah, and that's yeah. Not, that's un like you can't argue that you just can't like the organization. Chuck Fletcher would tell you that himself. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, you saw how they viewed they viewed Frost in that in that series they did in the beginning of the year. I mean, they view him very highly. Chuck Fletcher said. In that behind the scenes thing, I mean, he's going to be here for a long time, stuff like that. It's just they they view Morgan Frost very highly. So, yeah, even there was uh, that Brent Flair athletic article recently. Yeah, yeah. That, that did nothing but reassure us how high the organization I, was. Over. I like the fact that they're not willing to move him. I mean, like they are willing to move him to wing if they have to. I mean, if he really comes in the training camp next year and and takes a spot, and then like if Nolan Patrick comes in next year and then takes a spot. I mean, if they have to play for us, they'll. The, throw him on the wing but like they they view him as a center like they want him to play center frost wants to play center so it's good to see that they haven't wavered in that at all like like in that athletic article you're talking about they don't waver in that at all like they they, they view him as a center 100 percent. and i also love how they were like brent like i'm paraphrasing him but he basically kind of said like calm down he's coming Sort of thing, like like he'll play, like we're yeah. you know like That's basically like we're not giving up on him. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I remember like, you, you texted the me. tone of his. You could just see it, like in like the tone of his words, kind of really painted that picture to me. For sure, and I think I I do think the shortened season would help younger guys like that because I think they'd be able to get into like a little like routine with that. Like you're gonna have like a a, a four game three game series at home, so you get into that routine, especially guys like Carter Hart who are routine oriented. 
I know he is. The thing he does with the the water bottle to get him refocused. He just hockey players are like that. Very, very, very routine oriented, and I do think that a short season could help in that way. I mean, I think it helps for 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 all the players because I mean it's less traveling, it's less wear and tear on the body. But like you said, for younger players who who are gonna play a game like. Frost and Faraby and like these younger dudes playing a game like you said here in Boston and then traveling all the way to Vancouver for a game the next day or the next uh, other day. It's tough. It's definitely tough. And I, I I do think I mean that's not in the picture anymore for right now at least. Yep. And Faraby said like that was like the real struggle. He was like East Coast games. I I always could get comfortable, but he said like the biggest struggle for me was getting out there, getting out for those games. Yeah, going up. Whatever it is, San Jose, LA, Something Arizona. And Something uh, I just want to hammer home the point. I have it right here. It just says rant. <laughs> I got to hammer home this point because I, I've been seeing there's a lot of people that, that, that think that the team got worse. And I like I just I really question that. Just because we didn't get Alex Petrangelo or didn't get uh, Alexi Lafreniere in the draft, people think that we got worse, and we lost Niskanen. People think that we, we got worse. And while I, I agree that maybe the loss of Niskanen can really maybe slightly hurt the defense core, I think while Myers and Sandheim get a year older, Provrov gets a year older, like it, it they're going to be better. And they have playoff experience. The, they know that they have the potential to be a one seed. They know they have the potential to win their division. They were going to win the division if it wasn't for the COVID stoppage. They were neck and neck with the Capitals, and they dominated the Capitals every time they played them. They were going to win that division. And so, I, I and Carter Hart, obviously, like we, we don't, like some people think, no, oh, he's going to take a step back. We don't think that. We think he's going to continue to get better because that's just what Carter Hart has shown us up until this point. He just gets better at every single level. And Faraby, year two Faraby, we talk about that all the time. Konechny just had his breakout year and is comfortable. He knows he could be that. Katoria just won a Selkie. He got, the, he finally got that that recognition. They have they one game away from the ECF. I don't see how people think that they are regressing or they got worse. I think that experience that they're going to be better. No, hundred percent. I mean, their their goalie got playoff experience. Like you said, Coots so, uh, with the Selkie. I'm more worried about Braun regressing than I am Myers not feeling Niskanen's spot. That's what I'm more worried about. I, I think Myers is going to jump up jump up there if he does jump up there. I think Myers is going to play well. Uh, I, I, don't get me wrong. Losing Matt Niskanen on and off the ice sucks. It sucks. No doubt about it. But I don't think... Uh, I'm trying to word this the right way because I don't want people coming after me. <laughs> I Niskanen really helped Provorov, and he was really good for this team for for that entire season. But I don't think he was that big of an anchor to the point where this team's going to be trash next year, and 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 this team regressed. I, I I really don't because this team, like we've said before, have have added talent without even like technically adding anything. I mean, you're getting Limblom back for the entire year after him being the leading goal scorer before he got diagnosed with cancer. You're getting, uh, hopefully, you're getting Nolan Patrick back for a full year. Frost. I mean, you have NAK, NAK for a full year. And then, and then you have guys knocking at the door in Tanner Lazinski, Wade Allison. I mean, Rabustov is looking good in the KHL. Linus this, Sandin's lighting it up. Sandin is another guy that, I mean, if he if he comes in next, next uh, year and pushes for a camp spot, I mean, ha- there's only a certain amount of spots in the, I mean, on the team. 
And like the the main reasoning for people uh, outside of the Niskanen thing for people thinking that we're going to regress is the bad contracts of the veterans and the veterans getting older. But like I, I still think like as much as we, we shit on those guys, man, I still like they'll, they're gonna do their job. Claude Giroux is gonna do his job. Like I know he had a bad playoffs. He's gonna come out. He's still he Claude Giroux. He did. He's, he's gonna. He's don't he's, worry about. He's Claude not Giroux. gonna. He's not gonna get a. He's not gonna get that. Those playoff people who who think he sucks like out of his head until he actually shows up in the playoffs. Vor Voracek, I like as much as we. Can bag on him sometimes. Voracek's gonna come out and put out points. That's what Voracek does. He was almost a point per game player last year, and he started off extremely rough. He started the first two months of the season. We complained about how he wasn't doing anything, and still towards the end of the year, he was almost a point per game player. Like as much shit as we give them, they're gonna produce. I mean, obviously JVR is the big worry, but um, like, yeah, dude, that, that, that that's the contract on the team where I'm like, okay, if you want to complain about a contract, complain about that one, which people do. Don't get me wrong. It's a terrible contract. And, uh, like, t- to those... Uh, I hate to say it, because, like, yeah, G- Giroud did have a terrible playoffs. He did. But, like, no, he Giroux, did. So did but, like, uh, everyone looked towards him, and I feel like TK deserves more of the shoulder, like, the more lion's share of the blame for I that. Mean, like, it, it's... He's... Giroud is not the guy anymore. Like, Giroud, he's yeah, the captain. Like, I, he's the, I agree with you. I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, we were... Before the playoffs started, we were like, "Oh, like Drew finally has this team behind him. Like he finally has like an actual team. He has a goalie, and like, he didn't do anything. He he did it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he didn't. And yeah, I think didn't. he is the captain of the team, so I think he would be, he should shoulder the the load a little bit more than but I think TK. He's that's like, for like yeah, you definitely for that year. But people take that year and then label his whole entire career as a loser. Yeah, okay. And I think and I think that's a complete. Like fallacy, I think that's wrong. There was multiple years where he would go into the playoffs and be the only guy yeah. doing anything, so teams would just focus fire on him and shut him down. And he and wasn't like, completely, completely invisible in the playoffs. I mean, he was hitting post left and right. And he the was second just... half of the Islanders series, like after Game Three or whatever, yeah. he was good. After he uh, was good. After the AV big boy comment, uh, the big boy pants comment. Games four, five, and six, he was good. He was good. He, he assisted was. on. I think Lawton's uh, tie goal to tie up games. He assisted on the overtime goal. I think two overtime goals in that, like, in that series. He just does I, the little things, for sure. But people, like you said, I think people are looking at him to be that big, like, guy. And he just isn't that anymore. Like, he's not that, like, superstar anymore like he was. When but, he was that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. that's what we need to accept. I think we need to accept the fact that he, he's, like, 33 now. And... Maybe we should look towards TK, who didn't get a single goal. Yeah, and I th- I think it's fair. I think that's fair, but I think it's also fair to, to to look at G and be like, the inconsistency needs to stop in the playoffs because you finally had a team behind you. I mean, Kevin Hayes, I mean, we've been we we've been saying it for so long, and when we need a second C, we we need a two C, we need a two C. We finally got Kevin Hayes and, we, and Jeruz with Couturier, and just. Being invisible like that's got to stop. And if it happens again, then, like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because he needs to start showing up in the playoffs. This is time. This is his window. This is it. I mean, we saw in the behind-the-scenes thing. He don't care about stats. You don't care about blah, blah, blah. Cares about winning. I mean, it's time to show up, G. Because, if he, I mean, if G doesn't show up anytime soon in the next two, three years, he's done. Unless he plays till he's 42, which I don't know if he will. But, yeah, I mean. Probably, probably one of the most – intriguing storylines going in 100 percent. I, I i i look at that and i think that's one of 
my top storyline. I, mean, I I need if Giroux comes out and has a great year and he takes that into the playoffs, then then yeah, that that stereotype changes. But if he looks good in the, in the regular season again and he comes out in the playoffs and then just looks invisible again, I just I I, I can't defend him anymore. You know what I, I mean? Know, I, I just feel like I hear this conversation every year, and I remember the one year he came out and he put up fifty something points in a full season, and everyone was like, "Oh, here's the decline, here's the decline," yeah. and then he comes out the next season and puts up one hundred two, and the <laughs> yeah. team goes to the playoffs. I remember that like, year. Yeah, I remember so, that year. So uh, yeah, it's G G was good sure. in their regular season too. So like I I wrote an article about Niskanen earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I I mentioned his play in the bubble and how it fell off, and how a lot of the times me and you were looking at each other, being like, "Where is the Niskanen from the regular season?" At I mean, he is an older guy. Maybe it took a little bit of time for him to get back into the the the, the, the groove of things, and he just never did. G's another guy that I look at that maybe he started slow because just he's an older guy. I mean. That's the that's the worries that you look at with this season starting up again because those older guys do take a little bit of time to get going. Here, here's an interesting question: If what? G- Giroux was really heating up in February and March, felt yeah. like he was like yeah. he was scoring one timers. If if COVID never happened, I was just gonna say and that. And I was just gonna say that if the fuck if the regular season, I I'll take what I saw in the regular season over what I saw in the bubble for for, for those sixty something games. I'll take because Drew looked good in the regular season. Like he was, like you said, was probably one of the hottest flyers on the team towards the end of that. He was. He was, like there were games where like the team didn't deserve to win. I always think to that Buffalo game oh, when awesome. his two goals and then Farabee gets one. Like that's. That's what that's Claude Giroux right there. No, we were like it's the team played a garbage hockey game. He scores two times. Team wins three one. That's Claude Giroux right there. For sure, for sure. That's what you need from him next year. He just he needs to be more consistent. I'm gonna give him the benefit of doubt and say like that that break hit him at the worst time. But if it happens again, like I said, I can't defend him. He needs to show up in the playoffs for sure. Definitely can't. But same goes for uh, Voracek and well. JVR, I guess. I don't think Voracek looked too bad in the playoffs. He definitely could have been better, but I don't. Voracek was the best player in the Montreal series. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he outside was, of Carter Hart, he was tied second on the team with nine points in the playoffs, tied with Scott, Scotty Lawton, and Couturier. So he was like the only one scoring. Remember that? Yeah. In the Montreal series, yeah. like he would get a goal, and Carter Hart just wouldn't let a goal in, <laughs> and we would win one nothing, two one. Like good times, dude. I miss watching playoff went. hockey. Something like some a random tidbit. I went back and watched uh one Farabee's tie goal before Suzuki took the lead right after. But also Farabee's goal, uh, I think game one, his game winning goal actually. Yeah. Uh, when he, that that rebound goal. The rebound goal. Yeah, right off the pad. Just it was just good to see. It's good to see Farabee get. Imagine big him goals scoring like that, that in a packed Wells Fargo Center. That's another thing we talk about that all the time. If that game seven's in the Wells Fargo Center, the team doesn't come out that flat. They just don't. <laughs> and if. That goal gets scored in the the Wells Fargo Center in front of Philly fans. I think people are talking about Joel Farabee differently. I feel like people aren't talking about him enough. I really don't. I mean, he's a rookie who played all year. He looked. I mean, he had his stretchers last year where he was a little invisible. But I mean, he is a rookie. You expect that. But overall, I thought I thought Farabee looked good last year. I mean, he he scored some clutch goals at like for a rookie. He, I mean, he had that, that 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 beautiful goal. In the route robbing it, I mean, I know the game really didn't count against Tampa off the, the ghost feed, but he scored some clutch goals in the playoffs this year for us, and he's only going to get better. So, like, I cannot wait to read your article on him because 
he's a guy that I look at for a breakout year. A lot, well, like, there are a lot of guys on this team that that, that you look at and you're like, damn. Like, like yeah, he could, could snap this year. Yeah, like, he could snap this year. But then, but then you look at guys like Voracek. Like, does he regress this year? Like, does he finally start showing his age? Hopefully not. That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think and, and, he's like, thirty-one it, years it, old. I mean, I know, I know, I know, G's thirty-two, but it pains me to say it, but like. I think the biggest X factor for the team is JVR. Like, if he's putting goals in, then then I think all is going well. And then the, the team put, could just flow. Do you put JVR on the first line just to just to get him going with, with, with like, probably Couturier and maybe G? Like, just to have him around elite guys? Because you can't play James Ramsey like, on the fourth line. I hope so. Like, like if well, Obviously, last year, I loved it when AV would send a message and either sit him or put him on the fourth line. But, like, I, I, I hate to bring up the money, but, like, if he's making $7 million, we yeah. got to make it work. Yeah. We just got to make like, it work. He hates him. He, he just, he's not going to do anything on the fourth line. Like, he's not a play driving. I mean, like, he can't create plays, but, like, I'd rather have him with guys who are playmakers. Like, guys at like Couturier and Giroux are going to feed him the puck in the slot and then let him do what he does best. I think JVR is best suited in the top six if he's going to be in the in the lineup. I'm not saying JVR should be in the top six because I think he's a top six player on this team. Like I, I think there are other guys that are better than him that should be up there. But I think you need to put him... Like, if, if we're going to try the James Ramirez experiment again, which we're going to have to because nobody wants that contract, you got to put him in a position to succeed. And if he doesn't if he doesn't succeed, then, then tell him to ride the bench. Uh, one thing that I want to get into is one of the podcast episodes that we had, we said, like, we just don't envision them going into this season with both Goss Despair and Gustafson within the same defensive core. And it seems to be the case. But we also said that we, we, we could see it. I mean, like... Yeah. It's possible that Ghost doesn't get. Down. I I, like, I really didn't think we were. To how be does this? I didn't either. But but it looks like we are. So how how do you how do you think this plays out? And do you think Gossespierre? Do you think it's a, a up the trade value just to ship them out kind of thing, or do you think they want to make this work and then maybe tell Gustafson to take a walk if Gossespierre? <laughs> see, I find myself asking myself this question all the time. You see Chuck endorsing him every chance he gets. I mean, he seems like he really likes Ghost. And I don't know if that's just like how he actually feels, or if he's just trying to like, like you said, boost his trade value. Maybe he's waiting towards the season when like the cap, like the, like the season gets announced, and like teams start like doing training camp and like injured play. I I I don't know. Well, I I really don't know. Is he gonna look at Ghost to where is he gonna play? Top four? Is he gonna play in he- for, like for Hague? Because I I honestly I think Hague deserves a spot. Like he is very well liked around the guys. Yeah, he earned that. He earned it. He though. does. He, he did. He, he he earned a spot on the team. So I, where does Ghost fit? No clue. Because there was multiple times where I would watch when, when Goss Bear would come in for Haig and I would watch a goal get scored. I'd be like, well, Haig would have cleared the porch there. He just would have. Like, I give Haig a, st- like, a lot of shit sometimes, but like he, he would have thrown that guy out of the crease. And, you said like, it best a couple podcasts ago. Shane Goss Bear is not a bottom six defenseman because you, he, that's just not who he is. You can't put him down there because, like, that's not a bottom six defenseman's game. You know what I mean? Like, Haig better suits that type of game. Like, a guy who just needs to clear the porch, clear the guy in front of the net, get it along the boards. That's that, that's Haig's spot. Like, that's what kind of player Haig is. Ghost is best suited for a top four role where he can be with a, a another stud defenseman who is probably better defensively. But, like, this... I'm, I'm looking at Provorov, Myers, Sandheim, Gustafson, 
Braun Haig, like, and then Freeman's knocking at the door too. So I, I really don't know what Chuck is doing. <laughs> Maybe he yeah, just, like, this depth. might be some three D chess. Like, I mean, you said it before. Like, I don't want that. Like, four. What's he make? Four or five. Yep. I don't want four or five sitting on the bench. Like a four or five player should be playing. <laughs> Agreed. Like, I, and I hate bringing up money like that because. But you have to in a salary cap, yeah, a hard cap league. You just have to. You need value out of the guys you're paying, and if you're paying a guy four or five, he should be like a key part of the team. No, <laughs> like same, like, just like we said with JVR, and there was times where JVR and Ghost were sitting. That's eleven million dollars not on the ice. Like, like that's eleven that's, million dollars you could put elsewhere. Yes, like eleven million dollars is a damn good. That's Austin Matthews money. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that, that that's go and get Petrangelo money. Like that's what you're missing out with with these guys like these two players that honestly that the team could go without like i love ghost i always have like, since he's been a prospect with the union jvr has been cool but these are two guys that you can go without and we've seen this team play well without so i mean chuck's gotta be looking at those contracts right like he's gotta be looking at those contracts to get rid of them he has to yeah. be waiting for his time to get rid of it and i really do think that this year, he looked at it like it's, it's going to be a shortened season. Let's run it back with the same kind of players that we had. Let's add. Let's, let's throw Gustafson in there. It sucks that Niskanen left, and we got we have guys like Frost, Patrick coming back, Sandine, Limblom coming back, and then next year towards the end of the, of the summer, the expansion draft. Then that's where I'll make my move. Maybe that's when I'll go get Patrick Lane. We like, we don't know. Like this, I this the stoppage fucked us. Like the Flyers were on a roll, and I I really do think the stoppage fucked us because I think I think well, Chuck. Yeah is going to come back next year, and that's when you're going to see Chuck start making Chuck moves. Cause I, I, he's got to be itching because like Chuck likes to make big moves, and he knows he, this team's good, and he wants to add to it. And there's a new USA TV deal coming after next year, so maybe the salary cap goes up. It was going to skyrocket before COVID. Yeah. COVID also just, <laughs> like you said, the stop is really just fucked us across the board. It fucked everyone, and, yeah, um, for sure. You have to think he's looking at the expansion draft. My, like, my hope is that Gossespair gets his value up, maybe, I, and then we either ship him or Gustafson out at the deadline, JVR with a compensation pick uh, to Seattle, that, or, that's or what maybe just ship him to Ottawa like as a cap dump, much like how we did with Latera, give him some picks. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what like makes that. sense, right? Like the whole ghost situation. Like looking at that, the logical thing is is Chuck just trying to boost his trade value. But I mean, is he just is he trying to play good? Like, does he think Ghost has a future on this team? I mean, there's a lot of people who just want to move on from him. Like, maybe there's Ghost also a just... part of me that's like 56 games. We don't have time to to put a guy in just to boost his trade value. We got to win all 56. Like we're playing it's divisional rivals yep. every single game. Every game matters for sure. It's a shortened season. Be playing divisional rivals like you can't ex- like experiment kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. We'll see. Man. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something that we're going to be talking about for a while now. Now that we're back in the groove of things, hopefully these plans get announced soon. We're at 70 minutes, so I think it's time to wrap it up. This is a longer one. For sure, for sure. Good to be back though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was fun. We're going to be back regularly now. Yeah, we have There's to. not going to be a month in between episodes. I mean, like, you guys got to understand, there was zero Plus, you were going down. Going on. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was. You were down. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough for sure. Glad you're feeling better, though, brother. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Liberty and on Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook, too. 
Even though know, we need to start posting on Facebook a little yeah, bit more. We're not too active on Facebook. <laughs> nah, but sure. uh, you can follow me at TLY Danny. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. Yes, sir. Use code TLY10 on Design Tree if you want any <laughs> merch. And uh, go Flyers. Go Flyers.